in your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Oh, we glorify you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we, we abide by your standards. We welcome heaven on earth. And we're so grateful, Father, that as a people, we can come to your courts. We can come to your courts with your, your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise. And Lord, we honor you, the wonder worker.
So if you'd like to give tonight, you can. If you want to give, if those of you that are watching online, you can. You can go to our website. If you make a check, make it out to BCF. You can give any time uh, during this time tonight over there. And uh, there's some envelopes there. And, uh, you know, when you give to God, it's like an investment. And God does give you a return. Amen. You know, he blesses every giver and gift. Amen. So, Father, right now, I just thank you so much, Lord, for your plan of increase which includes our giving, Lord, and as we give to you because we love you, Lord, we just thank you, Father, for the rich return that you give to every giver in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, I want you to raise your expectation tonight. You know, I heard it said a long time ago that our expectation is God's invitation. And, uh, you know, yes, God is the Almighty and He can do anything, but, you know, He loves to work with people. And He has made it where people can participate in His plan and uh, say, I have a part to play in what the Lord does. Amen? All right, well, we do. We have a part to play. And uh, this is class number two for Faith for Miracles. I'm going to do a, just a brief review before we carry on tonight. And um, we, we're going to look at, uh, in the course of uh, this class until the end of the year, um, we're going to investigate miracles of provision. And uh, we're going to look at uh, miracles of deliverance. And we're going to look at miracles of victory. And we're going to look at miracles of healing. Those are the four categories. You know, we only have, uh, I think it's like five sections of this, so um, don't want to overload you. Amen? So let's uh, do a quick review of, of what we did. And, uh, you know, the Bible says when we have faith for something, that something becomes a reality in our life. I mean, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. So faith makes a reality of what God said, what God spoke, and uh, what God has done. And uh, where does faith come from? How do we get faith? Hearing the word of God, right? So faith comes by hearing and say, repetition is good. So uh, I want you to go to Galatians 3.29 for a moment. I'm not, sorry, Galatians 3.2-9. 2 through 9. 2 through 9. And uh, let's look at this. And this will... Uh, Bring us up to speed, Galatians chapter 3, verses 2 through 9. And uh, the Bible says this, This only would I learn of you. Receive you the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? How did you get the Holy Spirit? By the hearing of faith or by the works of the law? I mean, there's not anything that we can do to earn the Holy Spirit. Is there? Okay? 
so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministers to you the Spirit. Aren't you glad that God ministers to us the Spirit? Jesus said in John 6.63, He said, the words that I speak to you, they are Spirit, and they are life. And when God speaks, it has a different effect on people, doesn't it? There's a, there's a weight behind it. There's a force behind it. Okay? And uh, so, he that ministered, verse 5, He therefore that ministers to you in the Spirit and works miracles among you. Where does he work miracles? Among us. Miracles were made for people. And people were made for miracles. God, you know, God does miracles among people. Why? He is in the people business. Anybody that makes a person after his own image is in the people business. Amen? And God works miracles among us. Hallelujah. That's good to know, isn't it? Does he do it by the works of the law or the hearing of faith? What does he do it by the works of the law? Or the hearing of faith. Yeah. Alright, you guys are A plus students. <laughs> Even as Abraham believed God. Ever said believe God? Believe God. You know, there, we do have to believe God for a miracle to work. Amen? Yeah. Miracles work in conjunction with your faith. And Abraham believed God. And it was a kind of thing in right. Did, did Abraham experience any kind of miracle? Yeah, when you have a baby when you're 99 and your wife is 90, yeah, that's a miracle. You know, his dead body received a miracle. His dead body had to receive life when it was past the age, when it was impossible, when the death was stacked against him. Abraham received a miracle because he believed God. How are we going to receive a miracle? Because we believe God. Right? Not the opinions of others, not our feelings, but believe God. Right? Verse 7, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, how many are, how many are of faith in this room tonight? Amen. Amen. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you are of the faith. Hallelujah. And, uh, the same are the children of Abraham. Say, there's miracles in my family. If we're related to Abraham, then we got miracles in our family. Amen? Miracles are part of our heritage. Miracles are part of our DNA. Woo, I'm getting excited in this place. Verse 8. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, Preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So they that be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Alright? What is a miracle? I just want to go over this briefly. This is our foundation. Right? Our definition. Uh, this is going to help get us in the direction that we need to go. Um, Every miracle has an established purpose, and it has an impact on our life. A miracle is an event that so overrides observers 
our understanding of natural law, and it creates wonder. Say, a miracle makes you wonder. How did he do that? Or how did that happen? Makes you wonder. It serves as evidence of God's active intervention with us. Miracles occur that people may know the power of the Lord and to witness Christ as the Messiah. It points to who he is, right? Jesus referred to his works as reflecting his divinity. The works, if you don't believe me, he said, believe the works that I do. Right? The works that he did are miracles. Amen? Miracles are linked to God's revelation of his covenant name. He is I am, not I was. He was I am in Exodus, and he is I am today in Palmyra. What does that mean? I am ever presently with you, and I am what you need in whatever moment you, you need it. Miracles show that God is present with his people in power. If a bodybuilder wants to show his muscles through his poses, God shows his power through his miracles. Amen? In other words, a miracle is God flexing his muscle. <laughs> Miracles do not produce faith by themselves, but they do encourage your faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. It doesn't come by miracles. If that were so, then all the people who saw the miracles of walking through the Red Sea would have been believing God. But not all of them did. If, if miracles produced faith, then Pharaoh would have had a change of heart, but he didn't. Right? But they do encourage, they help you awaken your focus. Hallelujah. Miracles compel attention. Miracles help bring people to choose faith or doubt or unbelief. It, it causes you to choose. What are you going to believe about it? Miracles remind us how great God is. Don't we serve a good God? Yes. And, and we looked at the life of Gideon in Judges 6. And Gideon asked God the question, if you're, if, if you're the God who brought us out of Egypt, where are all the miracles? Right? And, you know, God didn't say my miracles are gone, but he said I'm about to do a miracle for you, Gideon. And the words that the Lord spoke to Gideon gave him the strength and the power and the ability that he needed to do a miracle, which is defeat an innumerable army with a small, much smaller army. Amen? And so we looked at the life of Gideon, and uh, so miracles make you wonder. Miracles uh, are linked to the revelation of God, and uh, so let's go where we want to go tonight. All right? Are you ready? Oh, and I do want to say this. Miracles occur... When God's riches meet your poverty. When God's power meets your weakness. When God's glory touches your story. 
He meets you where you are. You know, miracles are designed to do something great or even get us out of a mess that we got ourselves into. Miracles occur when God's health meets your sickness. When God's goodness meets our depravity. When God's supply meets our emptiness. It causes overflow. How many would like to overflow? You can overflow with healing. You know, God's goodness has no ill side effects. It only has good side effects. You know, you can take a pill from any pharmaceutical and they have a list of side effects. But if you take God's pill, the gospel, right? Take one in the morning and call me later. That's my prescription for you. When we read the gospel, there's no side effects. Only good effects. It brings life, it brings health, it brings strength, it brings vitality, it brings deliverance, it gives hope. Hallelujah. That's God's medicine. You know, God, God's got some medicine. And it's all natural. Supernatural, by the way. Miracles occur when God's presence shows up in your atmosphere. And miracles occur when God's ear hears your cry. Alright? So, the preaching of the Word of God provides you with the power and possibility to receive from God. God's Word has power. It has the ability to create. It has the ability to make. Right? But it's what you do with the Word as to how it's going to affect you. So the preaching of the Word of God, it provides you with the power and the possibility to receive from God. And how you accept it, how you receive it, will determine how it will affect you. You can hear the Word of God and you say, I don't think so, and walk away. And nothing's going to happen. But if you hear the Word of God and you say, yes, Lord, with all your heart, then you're tapping into the power. The receiving, the accepting, the believing, and the acting on God's Word, heard, plugs you into the power present and makes it available to you now. Just picture if I had a lamp on this podium, but the lamp wasn't plugged in, but the bulb is good. The wires are good. The cord is good. All I have to do is plug that lamp into the socket that has the power, and I can flip the switch and the light will come on. So when we receive, accept, believe, and act on the word, heard, that's what plugs you into the power and makes it available to you right now. I'm going to say right now. Right now. You know, there's not a delay in transmission in God's power. There's no delay in transmission. But there is a delay in reception sometimes. God's Word is designed to produce great things in your life. Alright? So tonight, we're going to take just a closer look 
at some miracles of provision. How many could do something that's missing in your life, but you could use something like, God is a provider, mm -hmm. right? We get health insurance from a health insurance provider, or we get automobile insurance from an automobile insurance provider, right? Well, God is also a provider. What does God provide? Anything and everything. Amen? So, God, through His Word, everybody say through His Word. He gave Moses authority, power, and ability to perform miracles. Right? God told Moses that he was going to deliver his people from Israel. He didn't tell them all the details, but he said, I'm going to do wonders. Right? Signs and wonders. And he brought about a great deliverance from harsh oppression. Go with me to Exodus chapter 3. And there is an incredible story here of provision. Exodus chapter 3 and verses 7 to 10. I want you to look at verse 7 and I want you to look at the first few words. The Lord said, let's say the Lord said. The Lord said. So because the Lord is speaking, that gives us the authority and the power and the ability to do what he's saying. Okay? We don't need any other source for us to power up other than what God said. This is the only evidence that we need to prove that God's word is true. Okay? So the Lord said... I have surely seen the affliction of my people. Have you ever felt like God is not concerned about what's happening in your life? He sees, He knows, and He hears, and He's well aware of what's going on. And the moment we turn to Him, He is ready to act and to move and to bring solutions to whatever we're facing. Okay? I'm, I'm well aware, I've surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Everybody say, God knows. God hears. God's aware. Right? He is. He's very much aware. And I am come down to deliver. Notice, he's saying, Moses, I am come down. The I am has come down to deliver them. Could God have done it on his own? He could have, but that's not the way he works. He created man to partner with us. Amen? And he needed a partner, and in this case, his partner was Moses. I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians to bring them up out of that land, unto a good land. Anytime God does something in your life, He brings you out from something worse into something better. 
Always. He always brings you into something better. He always has something um, that's an upgrade from where we are at the moment. Okay? Unto a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, and all the otherites. Okay? Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. God is really emphasizing this. He hears your prayers. He hears your cries. He knows your voice. They've, uh, the children of the children of Nicola, and I have also seen the oppression which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you unto Pharaoh, that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Egypt is a type of the world, a type of the bondage, the darkness, the depravity of the world. And God brings us out of that into something better, and Moses is the type of Christ. Just as God sent Moses to Egypt, God sent Christ to the world. Right? And through his life, death, and resurrection, he delivered us from the oppression of the world and all that's in the world. Amen? Alright? Now, let's go to Exodus 11. Exodus 11. We're getting to the provision part. Exodus 11, verses 1 to 3. And the Lord said unto Moses, said the Lord said, Whatever he says, you've got power, ability, and strength to do what he said. The Lord said unto Moses, Yet will I bring one plague more upon the Pharaoh and upon Egypt afterwards. He will let you go here. He will let you go there. When he shall lead you, he shall surely thrust you out here altogether. Speak now in the ears of the people. And let every man borrow of his neighbor and every woman of her neighbor jewels of silver and jewels of gold. How many would like to go to your neighbor and ask them for their jewels of gold and silver? Their articles of silver. Hey, I just want to borrow this. Where are you going? I'm going out. When are you coming back? I'm not coming back no more. No more. Go back to Exodus 3 for a moment. And I want you to look at verse 20. Exodus 3.20 says, I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my wonders. See, when God does a miracle, you've got to hand it to God. He does a miracle with his hand. Okay? I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst thereof. And afterward, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor. Everybody say favor. In the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall come to pass that when you go, you shall not go empty. 
Verse 22, But every woman shall borrow of her neighbor and of her sojourn, and of her that sojourns or travels in her house, jewels of silver, jewels of gold, and clothing, and you shall put them on your sons and upon your daughters, and you shall spoil the Egyptians. Everybody say, spoil the Egyptians. Don't spoil your kids, spoil your enemy. You didn't hear me. Don't spoil kids, spoil your enemy. How many want to eat spoiled fruit? Then why would you want to spoil your kids? Come on. You can abundantly bless your kids, but don't spoil them. It's all about how we think of things. God said that this group of slaves who were under forced labor, harsh conditions, they had taskmasters assigned to them. They could not pick and choose the work that they wanted to do. Yet, God said, I'm going to give this group of slaves favor. I'm going to show my presence. I'm going to show my goodness. And you're going to spoil the Egyptians. You are going to take their money, which is really 400 years of back wages, and you're going to give it in one day. I'm going to say one day. One day. There's going to be a supernatural transaction that takes place, and you're going to borrow from your neighbor, borrow from your employer, gold, silver, clothes, and your kids are going to look good, and my kids are going to look good. God wants you looking good. God wants you feeling good. God wants you living good. Say, God wants me to live good. So, for a group of slaves to spoil their slave masters by asking for stuff. Think about this now. If you went to your neighbor tomorrow and said, I would like to borrow your car. I would like to borrow your clothes. And I'm going on a long trip. Don't know when I'll be back. Naturally speaking, how well would that go over? But supernaturally speaking now, we're talking miracles. We're talking faith for miracles. Miracles of provision. It was God's favor. It was God's word. And it was God's plan. That this was how it was going to be done. They didn't even have to work for it. All they did was have to ask for it. Amen? See, when you ask for something with supernatural backing, your asking has more power. Now this was the instruction that God gave them. Was it not? Did they have God's word to do this? And God was about to work a miracle of transferring wealth from Egypt into Israel. 
I mean, after all, the Egyptian army was destroyed. The Egyptian leader was destroyed. The Egypt, Egypt was left in, in bad shape. I mean, their crops were eaten by locusts. They had all kinds of stuff happen. They were economically in bad shape. But God was about to do something great. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 2 for a moment. Deuteronomy chapter 2. Faith is building tonight for provision. If you ever have more money, or I'm sorry, more bills than you have money, Right? You got more bills than the month can take care of? How many know God can make up the difference? Yes. God can pay off the debt supernaturally. All He wants you to do is to be open for it. Amen? And do what He says you must. Say, I must. Follow His instructions. God always works miracles in conjunction with His Word. Okay? If you don't have the Word, you're missing the key ingredient to miracles. Deuteronomy chapter 2, verses 31 to 36. Deuteronomy 2, 31. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have begun to give Sihon and, and his land before you begin to possess. Notice God's about to give someone else's land to his people. Okay? Begin to possess that you may inherit his land. Not only are you going to possess it, you're going to inherit it. Who's the heir? God is the God is based on God's will. Okay? Then Sion came out against us, right? He and all his people to fight at Jahaz. And the Lord our God delivered him before say the Lord delivered him. And we smote him and his sons and all his people. We took all his cities. Oh my gosh. Can you say, I took a city? Now, some of these kings had a lot of cities. But God, who was backing his people, made it possible for them to take cities. How much wealth is in a city? When you take a city, you get all of its property, all of its equipment, all of its land, everything. It becomes yours. And it's because the Lord delivered it into their hands. We took all the cities, utterly destroyed the men and women and the little ones of every city. We left none to remain. Verse 35. Only the cattle we took for a prey unto ourselves and the spoil of the cities we took. See, a spoil is a defeat of the enemy. That means when you defeat your enemy, you take his goods. You take his stuff. Okay? From Aurora, which is by the brink of the river Arnon, and from the city that is by the river unto Gilead, there was not one city too strong for us. 
Oh, can you say not one city too strong? <coughs> if we can take a city, we can have a bill paid. Can you say amen? amen? We can be debt free. Amen? This carpeting that we're sitting on, debt free. This altar that we built, debt free. Amen? The time that it came, early. Amen? Someone say, praise the Lord. If God can do that for a church, can you do it for an individual? Can you do it for a family? That's why I'm giving you faith for miracles, for provision. Not one city too strong for us. The Lord our God delivered all unto us. You know, our God's a God of all. He doesn't want you 90%, He wants you whole. Right? And uh, so, faith, this is a miracle of provision. Alright? Let's go to Exodus. Uh, well, to make a long story short, the people did what God said when God said it's time to leave Egypt. They asked for the stuff, and the Bible says they plundered Egypt. That means they wiped them out. Where do you think Israel got the money to build the tabernacle? From Egypt. Say, my God is rich. Say, my father is loaded. And he shares his goods with me. Amen. Alright, let's go to uh, 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. And if you read the account in uh, Psalm 105, it gives a summary of all the things that God did in Israel. You know, it reiterates how they uh, plundered him, or they plundered Egypt. That's a miracle, Amen. It came about because God gave them an instruction. Who, who would think, there, there's no natural person that would think he would plunder a nation by asking for their stuff. <laughs> Not only does God make it possible, he makes it easy. They didn't have to toil. They've been toiling for 400 years. All right? There comes a point in time when the toil stops. Alright, 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 to 7. Now, there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha. Who is Elisha? He's a prophet. Who does he represent? God. In the Old Testament, they did not have the Spirit of God in them. But the Spirit of God would come upon the prophet, the priest, and the king to function. Right? And that's where people heard from God. And uh, those people who were anointed to function, uh, God used them. So she's coming to God's representative. Right? Your servant, my husband, is dead. Apparently her husband served Elijah. 
He was in the school of the prophets. He was studying to be a prophet. My husband is dead, and you know that your servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor has come to take him and my two sons to be a bondman. Now, I don't know if I can prove it, but there is speculation that this was the guy who hid the prophets from Jezebel. Remember that he hid the prophets in the cave and fed them bread and water? He might have gone into debt to do that, because he was doing it undercover, right? But I can't prove it, so you can just put it on the shelf. If the Word doesn't say it, we don't really make a thing about it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, her husband is dead, and he feared the Lord, and the creditor has come to take them unto him my two sons to be bondmen. It was common in those days that when you entered into agreement, a financial agreement, you pledged yourself, and that meant your family, if you couldn't pay the debt, they would take your family, and uh, that's what was a normal thing, and this was happening, okay? I mean, the woman is a widow, and now she's got to deal with this grief, okay? You know, uh, Charlie Brown was not a prophet. There's no such thing as good grief. He wasn't even on one said good grief or something like that. Anyway, so Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for you? Well, I told you, my husband's dead. You know, when you're needing a miracle, you need to be specific. Right? Go down your block and say, can I have an empty pot? Can I have an empty vessel? I need a bar. 
Say instructions are important. They're very important in, in miracles. Okay? And when you are come in, you shall shut the door upon you and upon your sons, and shall pour out unto all those vessels, and you shall set aside that which is full. So, no one could have, no one else could have come in the room with them. It was her and her sons. Right? What if someone else would have come in? You think it would have worked? Like it should have? No, why? We, we, don't, we don't need to add to God's instructions. Okay? Just do it the way God said it. It doesn't, it doesn't have to make sense. Say miracles, miracles may not make sense to my brain. Why? Because they're supernatural. They make you wonder. You can't figure it out. You've got to figure out how God multiplied the fish in the loaves. Don't try to figure it out. Just accept it. Just believe it. Amen? Okay. I'm off the soapbox now. So shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out. You know what? It does take an act of faith. She had to pour out. Number one, she had to gather. Number two, she had to pour out. You, 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 you're doing that by faith. Amen? Because she knows the amount that she has. And she has no idea how that amount's going to fill all these empty things. But God does. Okay? So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her. Did she do what she was told to do? Absolutely. She followed the instructions. Okay? So she, uh, verse 6, and it came to pass. Say, it came to pass. It came to pass. Woo! Did you know that there's a process of miracles? Mm-hmm. She had to do this process. Gather the vessels, go in the room, shut the door, start to pour. Okay? It came to pass when the vessels were full. Everybody say full. Full. Miracles, man. I'm telling you, she's got this little container and she's pouring and she's pouring and she's pouring and she's... I don't know how many vessels they had. But they had a lot. And she's pouring and she's pouring and she's pouring. You've got to have faith from faith from beginning to end. When do you stop pouring? When they're full. Okay? Now, she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more, and the oil stayed. So the oil stopped flowing. Okay? It was only oil for empty vessels. Verse 7, Then she came and told the man of God, Now here's the miracle. Are you ready? He said, Go, sell the oil. She went from, she became an oil entrepreneur in a moment. She got into the oil business. Sell the oil. Number one, pay off your debt. Number two, what was the second thing? Live on the rest. There was more than enough oil to pay off the debt completely and to live on the rest. Hallelujah. He didn't just pay the debt. 
I'll give you more examples. <laughs> you got time for a quick one more? Go to First Kings 17. Quick one more. First Kings 17. So that was a miracle, right? She didn't know how she, she had no money. She didn't know how she was going to pay the debt. But she went to the man of God. You got to go to the source. All right, First Kings seventeen. And uh, verse 8. 1 Kings 17, verse 8. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Say the word said. Very important. God does miracles by his word. Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Zidon, and dwell there. Ever say dwell there. He intended for Elijah to be there for some time. He didn't say visit, he said dwell. Now there's a famine going on, thanks to Elijah. (coughs) Actually, thanks to Ahab, because of his wickedness, Elijah had a right to pronounce a famine according to Deuteronomy 11, because it says, if you uh, don't obey God, if you disobey his word, then he'll, he'll shut up heaven and stop the rain. So Elijah had scriptural evidence to proclaim a drought. Okay? Go to Zarephath, dwell there. Behold, I have commanded. Everybody say commanded. God commanded a widow to sustain you. Would you choose a widow to sustain you? If you had a need, would you go to a widow? Would that be your first choice? No. I'd go to Annie's Ward. Daddy Warbucks. Right? You know, little orphan Annie. Daddy Warbucks. I'd go to someone like Daddy Warbucks. I wouldn't go to a widow. But, how many know God thinks differently about things? See, God's not just thinking about Elijah. He's thinking about the widow. See, God wants to do a double miracle. He wants to provide for Elijah, and he wants to provide for the widow. I'm going to say a double miracle. God gave Job double for his trouble. God gave Elisha a double portion. God's into double portions. Amen? One scoop isn't going to do you. You've got to get a double. Right? Okay. i got to make this quick. So, um, he came to the gate of the city, and behold, a widow. How coincidental is that? It's not just a coincidence. This is what God said. I commanded the widow. So he goes there looking for a widow. What does a widow look like? I don't know. He saw a widow. Right? He Behold means to look. The widow woman was gathering sticks and he called to her and said, bring me a little water. What's going on in this, in, in this, at this time? And he's asking for water. Why? He's confident that there's a widow that's going to sustain him. So he's confident to ask the widow for anything that he needs and wants and desires. Okay? And uh, she's 
going to get it. She didn't argue. She didn't reason. She goes to get the water. How many know you've got to be quick to respond? And you've got to be willing and obedient to eat the good of the land. Okay? And uh, while she's going, he said, uh, hey, could you bring me a little bit of bread, too? And she said, as the Lord your God lives, she recognizes that the Lord is his God. I have not a cake, but a handful of bread. Everybody hold up your hand. Everybody say a handful. How many cakes can you make with a handful? Not that much, unless you got hands like me. <laughs> then you might be able to make a little bit more. But a handful. Is a handful enough to sustain a family? No, by itself. But when you mix it with God, it can do amazing things. Alright? And uh, I'm gathering sticks that I may go and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. Like kind of a hopeless situation here. She's having a dying She doesn't seem to be too upset about having a dying party. Would you come to my dying party? We're going to have our last people die. Yay! <laughs> Verse 13. How many know when, when God wants to change your situation, you'll paint a different picture? He's an artist. Verse 13. Elijah said, who's Elijah? Who does he represent? So he's speaking on God's behalf. Because God already told him that a widow was going to take care of him. Okay? Fear not. I'm going to say, fear not. Fear not. If you want to receive a miracle, don't fear. Fear will interfere with your miracle. Go and do as you have said. But... Make me a little cake first. And they say first. first. Notice what he says. Bring it unto me and after make one for you and for your son. She only said she had enough for two, not three. But Elijah said, you make me one first and then afterward make one for you and your son. That's three. He's already multiplying what she has. For thus says the Lord, now God has just downloaded a word, a fresh word. Thus says, he's speaking the Lord now. He's speaking for the Lord. The barrel of meal shall not waste. Hallelujah. Neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sends rain. How long did it not rain? Three and a half years. Or three years, right? I don't know how long... It is in this time. There's already been some time. There might have been two years left. There might have been a year and a half. I don't know. But she's going to have enough oil and enough flour until God sends rain. Because what happens when it rains? You can get more crops. So God is about to supply her house with what her house needs and what the prophet needs, all because both parties are obeying the word of God. Verse 15, she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. Oh my gosh, say she went and did it. She went and did it. 
Then I did it. You just whooped Satan. You just kicked him out of your situation. You kicked him out of your body. You kicked him out of your pocketbook. You kicked him out of your mind. She went and did it. She went and did the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house ate how long? Many days. Many days. Everybody said many days. The barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord which spoke by Elijah, which Elijah spoke. Many days. God took her many portion and turned it into many days. A miracle of provision. A miracle of supply. If you need food, God can get it to you. If you need clothes, God can get it to you. If you need money, God can get it to you. You turn to Him, He'll give you the instruction, you do what He says, and you'll have what you need. Everybody say, do what He says, and I'll have what I need. And that's with healing and with everything like that. Amen? So that's a miracle of provision. And that's the first one that we're going to get into, and that's all the time that we have for tonight. So, everybody said, my God, my God is a miracle worker. Whether I need a physical miracle, whether I need a financial miracle, whether I need a miracle in my home, God's got the miracle that I need. I look to Him right now. Say, Father, supply this need. Give me what I lack. I trust in you. Show me what to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Dave, you want to come play? Hallelujah. That's class number two. Amen. Say, I have faith for miracles. Why do you have faith for miracles? Because you're hearing about miracles. You're hearing what God's Word says about miracles. That's the difference. Anybody can say the word miracle, but you're hearing God's Word on miracles. Amen? I mean, you can look it up yourself. Don't believe me. Don't take my word for it. Take His word for it. There's no situation that you're facing that God can't move in. Amen? Who needs a miracle? In your body? In your finances? I want you to stand up right now. You need a miracle. I want you to be bold. 